We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 feet. Sees a hole burst to it. 20. Steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 10. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker. High school quarterback is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs a tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. You know, I really hope that come the end of this season, going into next season, we're recording a brand new intro with all new voice clips because we have to add in hope. I mean, I'm hoping, believing, uh, throwing away the 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 veneer of non-bias here, of, of objectivity. I am hoping that. Come Sunday, we're planning on uh, a Rams win, a Rams Super Bowl victory, new clips, championship clips, something special, something special. It's been a long time, guys and gals. It's Derek C. Paula. I am the head knucklehead over at Rams Talk, the, the longtime host, and I'm glad to be back. Was was out? Yeah, be real. Was out with COVID. Still strong a little bit, but glad to be here nonetheless. Got a great show planned for you because one of the best of the best in the business, although you've probably never heard of him. So he's Mo Egger from Cincinnati's 1530 and WLW 700. Guy is awesome. One of my favorite guests to have on, but he's a local dude in Cincinnati. I, I listened to him when I lived there. So it was really neat to have him on a couple of years ago for it to run the league, and he's just always a great guest. So I can't wait to talk to him about the Bengals, get his low down on the game, get his view, maybe even a prediction. Gonna hope for a prediction. Fingers crossed. But in the meantime, games that game's coming, days away. 
and we'll see how this goes. Uh, a couple of things. First things first, and just some logistical stuff. Plan, planning on, hopefully make it happen. It's hard when everybody's working. Hopefully have a full preview show with everybody involved today. I mean, tomorrow maybe, hopefully. Fingers crossed. And if that happens, you'll see a pop-up on our feed. If not, we'll do a different preview show with whoever we can get. Okay? And um, this is the hard part. We want to send out our thoughts and prayers. Uh, let Pete Dunbar, a guy I know who used to work over at Turf Show Times years ago, used to be a part of their staff, um, saw word today on Twitter that his wife died a long time Rams fan. I think it was 1983, what he said, 1983. And um, being a husband and being a father of two children of my own, I can't imagine the gut-wrenching feelings he's going through, especially uh in a, in a couple of years, it's been rough for everybody. So, football aside, thinking of our guy Pete Dunbar um, from what used to be at Turf Show Times, now just a Rams guy, just a Rams fan. And, um, dude, we're praying for you, man. Now, I mean, that's always horrible to hear about you know, your, your wife passing. Okay. So, get out of the way. Get that out of the way. Um, that was a little, I actually just saw that for one on the air. Got a couple things to talk about. And I'm seeing a lot of this on social media about the Rams and the Bengals. The prevailing choice across country right now, according to these these graphics, are the Bengals are the favorite team by most of the people in the country. That the Bengals are the are the darling. They're they're the Cinderellas and and the Rams are kind of like the the bad guys. I don't know why we have some fans who are being sensitive about it. Whenever your team is in L.A. and you're facing a smaller city like Cincinnati, you're going to find that narrative. You're going to find it. And two, let's be honest, Joe Burrow, the young quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, he's exciting. He's got a lot of things that kind of coincide with what Tom Brady did. He's got the look. There are a lot of things to like about this kid. And it makes it a lot easier for people to fall in love with the idea this guy's going to win the Super Bowl. And let's be real about this. The Bengals can win this game. They're very good. They beat Kansas City not once but twice this year. They won their division, a tough division. Not not a great division, but a tough division. They beat the number one seed on the road. There are a lot of things the Bengals did right this year. And they're going to be a team to beat in the AFC, I think, for a long time. Nonetheless. I want to make a different argument. I want to make a different case before we bring Mo Egger on the show. And that different case is this. I don't think that the Bengals are the Cinderella everybody's making them out to be. Now, I know, I know. you're Well, look, the Rams have had five straight winning seasons. They've won multiple division titles. They've been to a Super Bowl. How can you even make a different case? Well, I mean... Nationally, you probably can't. But if you know this team, like most of us know this team, you got a lot of reasons to think, you know what, maybe our team, maybe the Rams are the team of destiny. Maybe they are. They go, what, are you serious? Absolutely. We had this team dead to rights after they dropped that three-game skid. Where the Niners made them look bad. The Packers made them look bad. The Titans at home, I was there, that sucked. 
That made them look bad. They didn't look like Super Bowl contenders. They looked like a team that didn't have identity. They looked like a team that couldn't stand up physically. They looked like a team that had wasted all of this capital to try and win a Super Bowl. And here we are months later. And they're in the Super Bowl after beating the team that even I thought they were in trouble. I mean, I... If you if you happen to hear the are my parents on Ed, Ed Smith's show, I had the Rams losing this game, and it wasn't that I didn't think they could win the game against the 49ers Anyways, it was that mental stuff in the game that to me is much harder to overcome than simple physical. At the end of the day, yeah, you're going to put we're going to put our big strong guys up against your big strong guys up and see what happens. I get that, but football is much more of a mental game than people make it out to be. And the Rams themselves were down to the 49ers 17-7. And you're thinking, oh crap, now what? Another loss. Pack them up, go home. And that wasn't what happened. Not at all. Matter of fact, when you look at the statistics after the game, they were 49ers-Rams statistics reversed in many cases. The Rams had dominated. Time of possession. They controlled the amount of plays in the field. They controlled the running game. It wasn't a great running game. It doesn't have to be. It just needs to be efficient. They had total yards by about 100 yards. They made the 49ers offense look very weak at times. And they made Jimmy Garoppolo look more than human. The man looked like he didn't belong as a starter in the league. Then you go back to the Bucks game. And they had that game under control, 27-3. They allowed the Bucs back in that game. It wasn't anything the Bucs did. Mistakes from the Rams. So it wasn't, it wasn't poor. It wasn't like a poor game plan for the Rams. It was, it was mistakes, turnovers. You go back to the Cardinals game. The Rams dominate much of that game. And then the the last Niners game, they dominate the first half. This has been a Rams team over the past month and a half that has been better than almost everywhere they've taken the field most of the time. And yet, much of the country still sells them short. But the reason why I say maybe they are a destiny team, maybe they are this Cinderella team, is not because of that. But look at the way these players are behaving. They know. They know what they're up against. They know that the Cincinnati team is good. But they also know that their window is not big. Let's be real about this. The Rams aren't built to win for five, six more straight years. They're going to have to rebuild and they know it. And this is about getting Aaron Donald in his ring. And you can't, what's all we've heard about this week, we want to get Aaron Donald in this ring. I've covered this team for a long time. I can go all the way back to 2010 for me. When I first started covering him as a contributor to Yahoo Sports. Later on with certain Rams talk. And here we are. But I've never seen a Rams team come together like this before. Even more so than 2018. I've never seen them come together like this. And nobody's talking about them this way. No one's considering the little things. 
And one more little thing. Sean McVay got a huge monkey off his back with that championship game win over the 49ers. Don't underestimate that. Because he's been out-schemed by Belichick, by Shanahan, some of the other great ones in the league, Vrabel earlier this year, Matt LaFleur. A lot of these guys are in his coaching tree, not Vrabel, but LaFleur, Shanahan, they're all in the same tree. And they all give McVay a problem. Don't underestimate him getting that win and what it does for his confidence. Don't underestimate it at all. Don't underestimate where this game is going to be decided. So, let's talk about where this game is going to be decided. Let's bring on Mo Egger from WLW Cincinnati, 1530. All right, we got Mo Egger from 700 WLW and ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati. I've, I just mentioned a few minutes ago, Mo, you're, you've always been one of my favorite guests, mostly because I, in my younger days, a little bit younger, not too far back, I listened to you when I was living in Cincinnati, and now I get to have you on the show, always talking good stuff in terms of conversation about the Bengals, and here all of a sudden, it's a Bengals Ram Super Bowl. I know you're out there now. <laughs> yeah. What's the experience been for you as a journalist well, out there? So, you know, it's it, it's weird for me personally because I, I'm a fan first. I'm a season ticket holder. I grew up rooting for this team. I want nothing but the best, but the best for this team. And so I'm head over heels about the fact that they're in the Super Bowl. Professionally, it's meant a lot of work. I don't <laughs> like work. <laughs> so, on one hand, I'm out here in L.A., and it's great to get a chance to talk about the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. And I'm, man, trust me, this is a dream come true. And, and I'm not, I don't take it for granted that I get a chance to do this. Uh, and it's a unique experience, and it's one that I'm going to, I might write a book about this. Uh, at the same time, I, I, I don't think I ever could have realized exactly how much goes into executing broadcasts from a Super Bowl in a city like Los Angeles. Mm. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's kept me very, very busy, so much so that I, I really haven't given myself a chance since I, really since well before I came here, I've been so wrapped up in you know, making sure we do good shows and where are we going to be and what are we going to do that I, I haven't had nearly as much time to kind of go, oh yeah, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. But, you know, obviously the closer we get to kickoff, the less I'm going to have to do. And once that ball goes in the air on Sunday and, and uh, and they play the game, that's going to be special, and it's going to be very special if they end up winning. Now, how much have you actually been in the stadium thus far? I have not been inside. Oh. Oh. So I, got, I have to ask you, I mean, even if it means a little bit of pain, I mean, someone's going to be hurting come Monday, I'm sure. One of, when one of us is going to be like, oh, man, I'm depressed. But I, I'd like to have you back on next week just to ask you about how you felt about the stadium. Well, I can't wait to see it. I mean, I, and, and you know, it's funny because I'm going to the game with three friends of mine who are also diehard Bengals fans. And mm-hmm. So here's how here's how messed up I am. Okay, so the radio station sends me out here, and they say we got your credentials, which is awesome, right? But I, I, I want if they win, if the Bengals win, and I know you hope they don't, but if they do, <laughs> I want to hug my buddies, I want to high five yeah. my friends, I want that moment. 
and so I bought a ticket to sit with them. And, and it, admittedly, I didn't. I paid face value. Uh, we we didn't have to pay, you know, nine thousand dollars for a ticket or anything like that. But so, but I told them, you know, look, uh, this isn't like a normal, you know, Sunday afternoon in Cincinnati where it's like, well, let's let's hang out, we'll tailgate, and we'll go to one of the bars, and then. You know, we'll sort of like make our way in 20 minutes before kickoff. And if we miss the opening kick, that's not the end of the world. I want to see the stadium. I want to walk around SoFi. I want to take it all in. I want to obviously, you know, be in my seat for the national anthem and all that stuff. And then really soak it in. But I can't wait to see the stadium. I've been on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm so excited to see the place. And, and that to me is, is a cool part of the experience. I've been lucky enough to go to a lot of NFL stadiums. And so the chance to go to a Super Bowl played in a stadium that I ordinarily might not go to. Otherwise, is it just sort of enhances the experience. So I can't wait to talk to you about uh, being in SoFi for the first time. Yeah, I would really like to come back next week if, you, if you're up for it. And just me, even if they lose, even if our guys lose, um, because we're, one, we're really proud of that stadium. I mean, that is, just wait. And by the way, I, got, I have to ask you, are you ready for 94-ish degree temperatures there? Yes. Do you know what I came from? Do you know what it was like in Cincinnati when I left? We it was flipping cold. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, we had an ice storm that I, they haven't thawed out from. My wife told me it was 19 degrees this morning. So it could be 194 degrees, and, and I, would be, I would be ready. I'm here for the heat. I like hot weather. I want a heat warning. Sign me up for all that because I know when I get back on that plane what awaits me. So I will melt as much as possible, A, if it means the Bengals win, and B, knowing that uh, I, I soon have to trek back to the uh, sub-freezing temperatures. Yeah, for those who are, are listening who aren't really familiar with SoFi, SoFi is not a dome stadium. Everybody thinks that it's not. It has a canopy. So in 94-degree heat, that place becomes a greenhouse instead of being the comfortable uh, beach air, depending on how the wind's going that day. So you will be very hot. The Bengals in their blacks will be very hot come Sunday. <laughs> I bet you they're wishing they could have uh, waited a bit to see how the weather was going to be before they made that call. But um, you know, I, I really I'm, I'm very curious to, and to, as to how you feel about that. Same for me going to haven't seen or I went and saw it back at my my first time back in November, and I was just in awe of how it set up. I mean, there's freaking parks inside the stadium palm yeah. tree parks in the stadium like the breeze that was going through that night it was a titans game it was just this wonderful feeling to it it's like you couldn't cap you wouldn't think in, in california what well, looks like a dome stadium that you couldn't capture this fall football field but you did there now of course that's not how it will become sunday but it was a wonderful experience that oculus with of the oculus Wait till you see yeah, that. I, you know, I, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all of it. Looking forward to, and, and you know, I've been to some of the more sort of ostentatious uh, modern NFL stadiums. The University of Cincinnati played at Jerry World this year, and uh, I had never been there. Never been to where the Cowboys play, and so that stadium was mammoth. And then they played in the Peach Bowl last year uh, in Mercedes Benz, the home of the Falcons, mm-hmm. and and that place was insane. Uh, it's just well, getting around there. Getting around there is not easy. So, uh, you know, I'm 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 excited for a, a new experience. I'm excited for uh, you know, a place that I've never been, and, and a place that on television at least that uh, it looks cool. So we'll, we'll see see how it is. Uh, I, mean, I I hope I really hope you enjoy it at the very least. Enjoy the stadium. 
I don't necessarily want you to enjoy the game, but, <laughs> but um, you know, getting in the Bengals here, um, from the national media, you know, I'm, I am I actually record from Ohio. I'm, I'm a transient fan, and so I get much more of the national feel than I would as a normal LA guy. And what I see is a lot of a lot of trendy picks for the Bengals, and from the Bengals' point of view, like in your your perspective, are those trendy picks justified or are you sitting there saying, whoa, 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 hold, put the brakes on here. Where are you, where do you stand in that point of view? I, I, I frankly, I, I could go either way. I mean, I, I, I certainly believe the Rams have the better roster. I think they have some schematic advantages. Um, at the same time, I could certainly understand, you know, when people sort of do this, right? The Bengals have gone on this magical ride. Joe Burrow has intangibles that people gravitate toward. And so, you know, I, I can certainly understand the very basic school of thought that says, don't bet against Joe Burrow. I frankly think this game comes down to one thing, and it depends uh, on how you feel about this one thing. The reality is this. The Cincinnati Bengals have a dreadful offensive line. That, that's, they've won in spite of it. They've had to design their offense around it. They've done a good job of scheming and basically hiding a bad offensive line. But they gave up nine sacks against the Tennessee Titans. Joe Burrow was sacked more than any quarterback in the NFL this year. Well, not a great recipe when Aaron Donald, the best player in the NFL as far as I'm concerned, is uh, lining up against you. And then Von Miller and that entire L.A. defensive front. So here's what we know about this game. Here's what I think we can bank on. Joe Burrow's going to get hit. Joe Burrow's going to take sacks. Uh, that's going to happen. The question is, what does that pressure turn into? Is it like the Tennessee Titans game in the divisional round where, you know what, he takes some sacks, and he takes some sacks because he holds onto the ball a little bit too long, and, you know, maybe it, it throws them off schedule, and maybe it puts them in a the position where they have to settle for a field goal, or maybe even where they can't kick a field goal, but they don't turn it over. And I think that's really been the key to this team. And it's, it's, it's really, it's so cliche. You know, people always talk about, we've got to win the turnover battle. In the Bengals' case, it's true. They, when they don't lose the turnover battle, when they're even in the turnover margin or ahead, they're 12-1. and one. Uh, At the end of the regular season, they won a bunch of different types of games. They won field position games in which they didn't score all that much. They won games in which Joe threw for 525. They won the, the, the Kansas City game late in the regular season when they were down by 14 points, three different occasions. And obviously the way things have unfolded here in the postseason, the common denominator has been they haven't turned it over. And so I, I think if you go, look, that pressure that L.A. is going to put on Cincinnati, inevitably it's going to result in a sack fumble, a pick, a pick six. If you think that's going to happen, then you think L.A. is going to win the game. And I understand that school of thought. If you go, look, I've watched this team, in spite of its offensive line, at least protect the football. They can hit. Burrow's gotten sacked. They've had entire drives thrown off kilter because they couldn't protect Joe Burrow. But he didn't make a hasty decision. He took care of the football. If that's the case, then I think the Bengals win. If you if you if you think the Bengals aren't going to turn it over, then to me you're telling me you think they can win the game. And so, people who are picking the Bengals, aside from just the emotional aspect of it, or wanting to see a team that's never won win a title, or you know latching onto the magic of Joe Burrow, I think when you look at it from a more sort of practical standpoint, if you think the Bengals are winning, that tells me you think they're winning the turnover battle. That means you think that Matthew Stafford's going to cough it up once or twice and you think Joe Burrow is going to protect the ball in the face of an insane amount of pressure. And if you think the Rams are going to win, then you're telling me you think, you know what, the inability to block for the quarterback is going to catch up to him, and it's going to result in a, 
a big turnover or multiple big turnovers that's going to doom this team in the Super Bowl. You know, on my point of view here, you know, I've had, you know, I've been on a couple of shows already about this. We've, we're, we're talking on our show, and I really look at the X factor in this game is going to be the trench warfare. It's going to be mm-hmm. offensive line, you know, Bengals offensive line versus Rams offensive line, vice versa, and who controls there. And that's where I really see the Rams having the advantage. I just can't get over that feeling that Burrow gives you when he's on the field, though. And mm-hmm. that, that makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable to know that when the Titans sacked the guy nine times, they still want to pull him off a win. That blows my mind. You, you, there's no way on earth a, t- a guy should get sacked nine times and that team wins. How often do you see something like that? It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's so, uncomfortable. So you, yeah, and so from a Cincinnati perspective, you kind of wonder, okay, when's the luck going to run out? Because here's the thing. If, if you and I were to have talked before the postseason, if I were to say to you, Derek, the Bengals are going to make the Super Bowl, you would have said, that's because they score 35 points a game. That's because Joe Burrow just goes crazy and Jamar Chase is unbelievable and this weaponry they have, they go and that's what the reality is. They scored 35 points off touchdowns the entire postseason. They have five touchdowns. Offensively, they haven't been terrible, but they haven't been great. They've kicked 12 field goals. Uh, Evan McPherson has shown why they used a fifth-round pick on them. They, they've been fine, but they haven't been explosive. They've been fine because... They're working behind a limited offensive line, and they have figured out a way to make do with it. But you do wonder, how long can that last? How long can you go not really protecting your quarterback before it catches up to you? And I think you're being completely fair if you go, look, against a team this good, against uh, a defensive front this good, especially when you've got a corner in Jalen Ramsey who is likely to take away whichever man he's on uh, against an offense that has the sort of capability that, that the Rams have, their luck is going to run out at some point. You can't keep winning games like this where you kick four field goals, you really don't protect the quarterback, you get a turnover here and there on defense, and you win the game. And I certainly understand that point of view. At the same time, but Joe Burrow has proven uh, you put pressure on him, he figures out a way to mitigate the damage, he can get out of trouble, and he's not going to make bad decisions just because he's under duress. And if you think that that's going to continue, then you probably think the Bengals have more than a puncher's chance on Sunday. Now, when you look at this Bengals defense, you mentioned the Rams and what they can do. Um, where are the Bengals defense at an advantage against this Rams offense? Well, I think the answer is going to have to be, and every Bengals fan is going to be watching this, I think the answer is going to have to be Trey Hendrickson winning one-on-one matchups against Andrew Whitworth. And look, there is, there is not a more beloved former Bengal, I think who's ever been an active player for another team in the NFL. Bengals fans love Andrew Whitworth. Uh, when they played uh, the Patriots in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, every Bengals fan in existence was rooting for L.A., because they wanted Wick to get a ring. And if this was any team but the Bengals, uh, I guarantee you everybody would be rooting for Wick to walk off a champion if this is indeed his last game, which he hints that it will be. So uh, this is, and I I can guarantee you, there there are a lot of Bengals fans who look at this matchup and go, God, the Bengals could be the team that keeps Andrew Whitworth from finally winning a championship. So you start there, but then you look at it at a practical matter. That Trey Hendrickson is their best pass rusher. 14 sacks. When they put pressure on quarterbacks, it's because Trey wins. So who wins? Who wins those matchups? Is it 40-year-old Andrew Whitworth, who's going to the Hall of Fame, or at least good one day? 
playing in his final game, or does Trey Hendrickson, more in his prime, get the best of Andrew? If the answer is yes, they put pressure on Matthew Stafford, and then I think everything sort of falls into place. The Bengals' back seven is okay. It's been phenomenal here in the postseason. We'll talk about Jesse Bates here in a second. If they don't put pressure on Matthew Stafford, you know, then, all right, well, Cooper Cup's going to find openings and Odell Beckham, and you start going down the list of weapons. And I think you start there. I think the other name you got to pay attention to is Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates is a safety and one of the big offseason storylines for the Bengals before the season was, are they going to re-sign Jesse Bates? Are they going to bring him back, give him a long-term contract extension? Because he thinks he's the best safety in football. The Bengals did not offer him a contract commensurate with being the best safety in football. So during the regular season, Jesse, perhaps affected by the lack of the sort of contract he was looking for, did not play like the best safety in football. But in the postseason, he's been unbelievable. He was the best player on the field against Las Vegas. He picked off the first pass, first play of the game against Tennessee, set the tone for the afternoon, and he had a huge hand in that play on Von Bell picking off uh, Patrick Mahomes in overtime for the AFC Championship game. When this defense is at its best, Jesse Bates is affecting every play. In the run game, uh, when you throw it deep, uh, if you throw it in front of uh, the Bengals secondary, he makes the tackle. Watch him. If he's at his best, this defense could be pretty good. If he's not, and we saw it a lot during the regular season where you just go, God, where's the old Jesse Bates? If we see that Jesse, then you start to wonder about the secondary, especially given the guys that the uh, Rams can, 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 can roll out there for Matthew Stafford to throw to. Now, given his success in the playoffs here, which Jesse Bates, in your view, does show up on Sunday? Well, it, um, there's recency bias. I think Jesse Bates realizes if he can round out a four-game stretch uh, along the lines of what we've seen so far, he's got a chance to get an enormous payday, probably from the Bengals. Uh, if you think that that's going to happen, then you're going to see the Jesse Bates we've seen here in the postseason. Um, if, if you think, you know what, what he was in the regular season is more reflective of the player he is right now than what we've seen in the postseason, then you go, okay, well, the, you know, the average Jesse Bates is going to be the guy. I think Jesse Bates is going to play really well. Uh, Jesse Bates is a really, really good player who didn't have a great regular season. He has played back like you know, his old self here in the postseason. So I think that's the guy we see. I do think you are being fair if you wonder about the middle of the field when it comes to the Bengals because they're one of the worst in the NFL at uh, covering the middle of the field with their linebackers. Their linebackers have played better here in the playoffs. And one of their key defensive players is missing, Larry Ogunjobi. Didn't play against Tennessee, didn't play against uh, Kansas City, got injured against Las Vegas. He's not going to play in this game on Sunday. He's probably their best interior defensive lineman. And so they've had a lot of attrition at that position group. In fact, they signed a player who played against them in the postseason for the Raiders. Sort of illustrates how... Um, how much they've had to sort of move the pieces around on the interior of that defensive line. If you're looking for a place where the Bengals might struggle, and you talk about this game being decided in the trenches, that would be one that I would pay attention to. I mean, from my point of view, the game plan for the Rams is not what anybody would expect. It's going to be what we call the 49er plan. The 49ers have been successful against the Rams because they'll get 35, 40 rushing plays in there. They'll do a whole dink and dunk offense and wear you down. And from my point of view, with a guy like Burrow, who is hard to shake, uh, if I'm the Rams, I'm trying to control the clock this game. I'm trying to put Burrow in a position where he's never comfortable, keep my defensive line fresh to chase him around. So I want that middle of the field. I want them rushing the football right at that defense and, and wear him down. 
six, seven, eight minute long drives, especially in that first half in 94 degree heat. That's what I'm looking for if I'm the Rams, which is kind of outside the idea with all these receivers they got and all these running backs they got and all these other things they got. The only thing I really want to see them do is control the clock. Uh, how do you feel about what will beat the Bengals? And what do, you, what do you think overall has to be done to beat the Bengals? And what do you think in the end delivers a win for the, for the, for the Bengals? Well, I think what, what, when you're playing the Bengals, I, I think the first thing you want to try to do is, is don't let them run the football. Because even if you pressure them, the wide receiver group is good enough, somebody's going to make a play. Right, they have enough weaponry. They, they, Joe Burrow, even if you sack him a bunch, is going to find open. Going to find receivers. Their guys are really good at getting open. Look at Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has touched the ball 65 times here in the postseason. I think you got to stop him. I think you got to stop him on the ground and in the passing game. So I sort of, I sort of start there. I think you have to. I think you have to when they pass the ball. I think you have to keep Tyler Boyd. Jamar Chase. They're going to throw it up to him once or twice. If Jalen Ramsey is on him, that's going to be fascinating. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they move him around. You can't let the non-Boyd and Higgins, or the non-Chase and Higgins guys go to work on you. And I think from a defensive standpoint, I think you can run it against this team. Uh, I think you can run it against this team that doesn't have Larry Ogunjobi. And I, I, I feel like you can you know, watch guys like Eli Apple and Mike Hilton and Shadobe Awuzie, guys who each have had quality postseason and contributed to this postseason run. But I don't think you look at either of those guys and go, oh boy, that guy's going to shut down whichever wide receiver he's on. I think you have to try to figure out a way to expose advantages that L.A. has here. I think if the Bengals are going to win the game, you know, we talked about it coming down to turnovers. Again, you got to you got to mitigate the damage impact that, that caused by your, uh, your lack of, a, of an offensive line. I think Joe Burrow can't turn the football over. The, the difference between this team in the first half of the season and the second half of the season was they stopped turning the football over. I, I think they're going to have to figure out a way to continue to do what they've, do on, they've done on defense, which is forced turnovers. And I think the kicking game is going to be big in this game. Uh, Evan McPherson has been money. He's been money all season long. He made three game-winning kicks at the end of the year. and He's made nine field goals from 50 yards and beyond. When you have a guy like that, it changes how you play offense. If you have the ball at the other team's 36, now you don't have to punt and you don't have to go for it on a fourth and six. You can roll Evan out there and make some kicks. He's been a major, major reason why. As much as people sort of snicker when you talk about the kicker, uh, he's been a major reason why this team has gotten here. And I think if they win on Sunday, he's going to be a major reason why they they uh, they pull it off. So do you feel comfortable making a prediction or or not? I am, I am going to say they don't turn it over. I'm going to say they win the turnover battle. I think we get a good game. I think we get a call. I don't think the Bengals right now are, frankly, capable of blowing anybody out. Uh, so if Cincinnati wins, this game comes down to the fourth quarter. If it comes down to the fourth quarter, I like Matthew Stafford, but I love Joe Burrow. I think they keep him upright just enough to be a quick passing game. I don't, I don't think he's going to make bad decisions. Uh, I don't think they're going to give away a cheap touchdown. I like Cincinnati's 30-27. to 27. 3027 Cincinnati. All right. Can you let folks know how they can follow your journey this weekend down there in LA? Yeah. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at Mo Eggers, and uh, they can listen to my show on ESPN 1530 on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah. I heard good stuff too. Mo, thanks so much. <laughs> and I'm hoping we could talk again next week. Cause I, I mean, I'm dead serious. I want to hear 
your thoughts we'll and the experience and, uh, make and that city. All right. Have a great one. Thanks so much. All right, buddy. We'll do it, man. Thanks. Thank you. All right, folks, before we move on, I want to just do a quick commercial break. also want to talk about our sponsor for this week. It's a, it's a nice, nice sponsor for you if you want Super Bowl tickets, okay? Because we already know Super Bowl 56 is just a few days away, February 13th. And now, listen, this is one of the rare times, the second time in NFL history, where a home team has hosted the Super Bowl. You've got to be there to support the Rams. Fill SoFi with blue, yellow, white, that brand new white jersey. We all love it. So, you can scour resellers to buy an overpriced ticket closer to that day. Hurry up, though. Do it now. Instead, why wait? You can lock in your Super Bowl experience of a lifetime with On Location. They've worked with the NFL here for a, a couple weeks here, at least on this, more than playing this out. If you want the real deal, the 50-yard line seats, you can get them on On Location. They're only available there. This is an invite to celebrate on the field, On Location. So it's not just about game day. It's an exclusive Super Bowl weekend package. Weekend events, cross Los Angeles, pregame parties, A-list music talent, and so much more. We don't have enough time to talk about it. Matter of fact, you're running out of time. The game, again, just four days away. So, they are the official hostile partner of the NFL. They're offering you this exclusive ticket package. It's the most exclusive one out there. Give them a look. Visit onlocationexp.com forward slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location, that Super Bowl on location to get yourself to LA the right way. If you've got the cash and you want to go have a good time, here's your shot. Go do it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so getting towards some of our things here, the key things for for me, hearing Mo Egger talk about the Rams, the Bengals, seeing where he's going, let's let's talk about where I think they're going here. If the Rams want to win this game, Joe Burrow's the key, right? That's what you're thinking, right? That's what we're hearing, right? Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Ah, no, 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 no. My proposal is simple. If you are the Rams, you institute a 49ers game plan. And what's that mean? You are controlling the clock. You're trying to run 35, 40 times a game, and you're taking the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands. 
And you're like, well, why would we do that when the Rams offense is exactly pause? Because no matter how we frame it, the Rams offense is much more fundamentally sound. What do I mean by that? There's a lot more they can do. They can be high flying, quick scoring, or they, as they've pro- proven over the past 10 weeks now, maybe eight weeks. They've transitioned into being a more physical team up front, a team that can control the clock, that can use a short game. They are a much more diverse offense. So hold on to that ball. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine minutes. Wear down that Bengals defensive front. Take Joe Burrow out of the game. And then when your defense does finally take the field, You have a fresh front seven led by Aaron Donald with a quarterback who's not selling the game going against you. I think this is how you beat the Bengals. You don't want their offense on the field. You don't want them doing what teams have done the Rams all year. When the Rams do well, when teams do well against the Rams, it's they run the football. They play a short game. Then they take their shots deep. They force the Rams into these long drives like the Niners have done. No, no. Dictate the clock. No one's saying the Rams have to be an 85 Bears that relies on the run every single play of the game. But control the clock. I don't expect the Rams to go out there and run for 20 yards. If they want to win this game, you want to control the clock. Get 34, 35 or more minutes of time and possession, especially in the first half. Get out to a lead. Hold it like they have been. In the, it's been hard to hold it, but hold it. Okay. Most importantly, don't let Joe Burrow get settled in this game early. The where you got to play catch-up. The Rams have not done well playing catch-up this year, absent the last time out. So instead, have him pressing. Have his back against the ball a little bit. Control the clock. Control time possession. Control the offensive line. Minimize the amount of time that Joe Burrow's on the field and I think the Rams win this, and they win comfortably. The Rams are the more talented team. They are. And I think they're more overall fundamentally sound. But the Bengals are explosive. And they've got a great leader up there in Joe Burrow. They can win this game. They really can. And, and the crazy thing for me is, I'm more nervous about this game than I am than I was about the two Patriots losses. I going those games, I felt the Rams were the more talented team too. And especially the last one, I thought the Rams are finally finally going to get Bill Belichick's number. I'm under no illusions this time. There are those who will sell the Bengals short. Well, they lost seven games this year. They faced off against some teams that struggled to get there. They, they pad their numbers on the Ravens. Yeah, so I get it. I get it. But you know what? This Rams team went to Baltimore one by one. Since then, I clubbed them twice. Embarrassed them. Division rivals. Any given Sunday, they say. Any given Sunday. Well, this given Sunday, if the Rams don't control that line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively, they don't win the game. Their biggest advantage is in the trenches. They have to make sure they create the magic there. We want Joe Burrow running for his life on Sunday. 
Because even if he is, he's still dangerous. The Titans sacked him nine times. Nine. Still beat him. But if the Rams can push the pace and basically, and, and quite frankly, be better offensively than Tennessee was, which I think they, they will be, they've got more talent there. Then it's a win. I'm calling the win. Rams 28, Bengals 17. I'm hoping I'm not jinxing anything, but I believe this is what they're going to do. I believe that they're going to try and keep Joe Burrow off the field and force the Bengals to become one-dimensional. Basically the reverse of what teams done to us this year. Now, if they don't do this, then this is going to be a shootout, I think. Defenses will be fine. They'll play well. But these offenses are just so good. The Rams, if they want to win this game, need need to be on Joe Burrow. And they need to be on time possession. And I think they can do it. There's my call. All right, folks, it's time for me to go. We'll be back hopefully tomorrow night for a full preview with the entire staff. You can follow us on Twitter at Talk Ranch. You can follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. And don't forget to join the Facebook group, Rams Talk Room. Our page is just Rams Talk. And we'll talk to you then. Have a great one. And we're out of here. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com